Welcome back, everybody. It's uh, Wednesday, December 13th, uh, 2K17. Uh, I'm Ross with my co-host, Steve. Steve, welcome. Uh, I'm Ross, and this is Steve. And this is Steven. Hey, Ross. Um, you always have something in your mouth. What is in your mouth now? <laughs> this is a oats and honey chewy granola bar. Okay. That was disappointing. That's disappointing. It's like so satisfying to me. That's I'm good. That's good. I just snarfed down four tacos. I'm a no, pig. I just, I just smoked a little. I feel great. I felt really good about the honey, the oats aspect of this whole thing. It's very well put together. And that's here good. We are. And here we are. And here we are. Speaking of a show that's really well put together, uh, the Sports Ball Politics Podcast is back. Um, and what a wild couple days, as expected, right? It's uh, like, it's, it's like a, it's, I mean, everything is like a roller coaster right now. Every, every time is wild. Every, every, every day is a new thing that's happening. It is. On it so is. Many fronts. It is. Like we just, as we're going, as we're taping now, um, what's it's, what's his face? Um, Tavis Smiley, the PBS host, the African-American, uh, <sighs> I know, I heard. It's the reason I say African-American is because that's people, he's like a big voice in the community since Bill Cosby was taken down, or he took himself down, really. Um, Tavis Smiley was a big voice in that community, and he's gone because he told women to have sex with them or they lose their job. Uh, this guy was after Tavis. Charlie Rose. Like, he literally follows the Charlie Rose show. Um, nope. Didn't you have a book on, didn't you have a Tavis Smiley book? On Black Love or something like that. Yes, I, I've I've read a bunch of Tavis's stuff and I've watched them and I definitely never I, I didn't agree with him all the time on like a lot of his especially when he got religious as you know uh, I argue with you about that and anybody it's just not my thing and that was like a big base of his but a lot of the other things yeah absolutely like and it's also like. I read, I read this is horrible, like, breaking an hour ago, three women accused Russell Simmons of, like, aggravated rape. Yep. It used to be just one person. Now it's three. Oh, but it's like, it wasn't, really, from my understanding with Russell Simmons, who, again, it, I mean, not again, but, like, I don't know if it was, like, me growing up, like, one of my personal uh, heroes as, like, an entrepreneur in reading his books and where he came from, like, oh, I read all this stuff, and it was just fascinating, and he was one of kind of, like, my mentors who I never met, but, yep. you know what I mean? And so it's like a personal, like, oh, come on, Uncle Russ, what are you doing? Yep. And that was, like, it was at first you saw him step down last week or two weeks ago from his company because of, like, you know, at first they describe it as sexual misconduct, but... You know, now as it comes out, it's like as you just multiple women, and it's like aggravated rape. Yeah. Oh God. Yeah. It's the worst kind, you know. But you know, it brought it. It brought up something, and and the other thing was uh, Dan Johnson, who's a state senator, state representative in Kentucky, uh, just killed himself on a bridge. He was accused of uh, sexually assaulting a minor. And that just happened like really recent, right? Like ten, like a half hour ago. A half hour ago, and it's nine oh one Eastern time on ten thirteen. Yep, 
13. Yeah, 12, 13. And so he just killed. So we're now having, we're having people in government killing themselves because of these charges now. Um, he claims he was innocent. You know, I don't want to comment, yes, whether it's good or bad, even though I think you know personally how I feel. But yes. that aside, I think that maybe that may be an indicator that they uh, are listening and they're going to release all the names of yep. all of the uh, allegations and suits that they settled. I think so. I think so. But I, I don't know. I hope so. I that, hope well, they, you're right, because you and I talked about it. Dollars. It is. So that number is $17 million. We've already talked that there's 264 names on there. Yeah, recap what that is, Rob. So recap. So there's a list, uh, you know, the, the, the list of $17 million worth of settlement um, paid for by taxpayers of congressional malf not malfeasance but you know philandering sexual assault hush money uh to keep people quiet because congressmen uh are touching and being inappropriate um and to those that have actually seen the list they're saying it's about 70 percent democrat 30 percent republican not that it's about party but when one party's in front of you saying you know republicans hate women they're bad for women trust us and then 70% of them are Democrats, kind of just like hits the message off. Much like when someone sees a conservative Christian acting up and you say, oh, aren't you guys the, the party of family values? <laughs> so yeah, there's there's blood and dirt on everybody right now. Um, but you'll see that list. And each week, names that either are on there or rumored to be on there, um, you know, they'll start to come out. And there was a there's a story going around New York City right now that there's about 40 names about to be released uh, at the same time of, of people on that list. Um, so we have that coming down the pike. Uh, I know Mike's... On what list? The list of the uh, of, uh, politicians? Or of the politician, politicians. politicians that had settlements uh, yes. with staffers or women outside of the staff at taxpayer oh, expense. Lord. Yep, so it's a big deal. Uh, there was a Cernovich story that was going to break on Schumer, but being the investigative journalist he is... He researched it and realized it was fake, so he put the kibosh on it. Because that's what a good investigative journalist does. Uh, so that's, you know, bravo to him. I don't want him to get sullied if he pushes a fake news story. Uh, I do think Schumer is a slime ball, but I just, there's no actionable evidence that he's done anything untoward. Um, you know, he's probably had an affair with like a 22 year old, but that's, you know, it is what it is. Um, so that's right. So Ross, so that's so this is you know part of the ongoing thing that we've been talking about, which is the sexual, uh, you know, misconduct, assault, uh, rape allegations. You know, which is now you know predominantly coming out of Hollywood, uh, Washington D.C. You know, so you know, and other politicians who are state politicians. Um, what are some of the other, uh, you know, subjects and topics that we're going to talk about tonight? So tonight there's two other things. We wanted to, I mean, we'd be foolish to not talk about uh, the Roy Moore-Doug Jones race from last night, the election. Well, that kind of dovetails into this whole thing. So, yes, let's maybe, do, we'll, get, we'll get into that. But at a high level, what else are we going to be getting into? We want to get into the, the twists and turns of this FBI DOJ dossier Russian collusion stuff. Which we can which is quickly disappearing, by the way, and I think we'll get into this conspiracy theory later. In my opinion, uh, quickly the Russia thing is going to fall apart and disappear in favor of this Me Too thing, as they bring out and in some way as 
like a chess game, sacrifice their pawns, yep. which are these democratic losers. Yep. Uh, you know that, including Al Franken, and you know, see, uh, oh, another one tonight, uh, Blankenship, Blankmanship, uh, Booch Camp. What's that guy? Oh, uh, Blake Farron. Blake Farronhold. Yes. Yeah, yes. he's a slimeball. Uh, big time, like in big hot water. Another one tonight, accused. Tonight, um, let's see. Um, so, I, I, you know, I, I'm, I'm starting to think that this is a whole new thing that's, you know, part of the deep state cover where it's like, you know, let's, you know, throw the election and just really kind of think we're going to pass it off to Hillary. That didn't work. Set up the Russia collusion, Russia, Russia, Russia pass that off for a year and a half and at the same time if that falls apart if and when and we know it probably is and we'll talk about that tonight yeah pass that off to the me too thing where you know you're going to start being able to take out as you've seen they have all kinds of people and i really look at it, it's like a chess game which is kind of brilliant yep. because these people they look at their own as as pawns that they're willing to absolutely sacrifice because they're going to take a position as as we uncover these people, we'll get rid of them. Why won't you get rid of Trump? Exactly, exactly. Right? I, I, and that's I, the yep. kind of nefarious, very devious, uh, you know, thing that they're going to make. They're going to try to make that tie, even though it's just not the same thing. Right. So you'll so I, as you're saying that, I am seeing the Blake Farenhold stuff coming. He. He looks like a slime ball. He's always been a slime ball. I think he's he's a Republican out of Texas. Uh, he was there at the uh, uh, testimony of Rosenstein today, uh, asking questions. So this guy, I'm glad he's going down. See, this is not a partisan thing where I I do mental gymnastics to say that the Republicans are innocent and then the Democrats are really the ones guilty. It's not that at all. Farenhold is a, is a slime ball. Women, Congress women, wouldn't have pictures with him because he was such a creep. Fine, get him the hell out of there. Um, Can I ask you a question? Yeah. It's like, it's very frustrating because the the opposition, right? If, if, if Barack Obama was such a great president and you're willing to give passes on all of a sudden and bring up all the things, like, why can't you just simply judge Trump on, do you really believe, like, all look at all the things that are going on. Look at all of these people, as you're saying, that it's part, it's bipartisan, right? It's it's Republicans, it's Democrats, it's Hollywood, it's all of the people surrounding, uh, you know, the, the, the politics of our country, the leadership, and the people making these deals, and just how perverse it is. Obama was in office for eight years. Yep. Yep. Eight years. He had the highest intelligence. The intelligence agencies that he had, the vast numbers of them, the secret NSAs, CBSs, CIAs, right, FBIs, NSAs, I mean, just the uh, and ones that we don't even know, like, you don't know this stuff and the amount of funding that we give this with the high technology over the last eight years, it's been unprecedented mm -hmm. in the history of, of presidents and of He's so great. He doesn't know this, and he's so naive. He sends his daughter to work for Weinstein last summer. Like, it, why can't we just simply judge, and we can all be bipartisan and exactly like, right? Look at this and say, this is good for America. We as a whole, black, yellow, red, white, like 
This is good for Americans, people who pay taxes, who get up and go to work every day. You know, like our tax dollars, we're electing these people and somehow they're ending up being completely swamp creatures. Yep, exactly. On both sides. Exactly, exactly. Right, and so for eight years you had this guy as Obama, like all of these politicians, they were there. Yep. They were doing these things. They were rapey, they were touchy, they were feely, they were beating on women, like harassing women. It was just a normal thing, like an open secret, right? Sound familiar, like in Hollywood. Yep. Like, why couldn't Obama clean that up? Where right. the hope and change there? Right. Yeah, why so the like, chaos now? Why the like chaos you're one? That's kind of, Russ, it's kind of like my plea. Like, let's just... Like, forget about what Trump's not doing in your mind or how horrible of a Nazi he is. Like, let's look at it objectively and go, this is good for America. All of these people going, no matter if you're Republican or Democrat. And undeniably, I think that's what I'm looking at. And that's my argument that it wouldn't it didn't happen under Obama. And, and maybe we're even going as far as saying it was sheltered under Obama. And it's just not a coincidence. And as soon as Trump comes out, it comes into power. The skeletons are are being uncovered. And it's truly that this is what draining the swamp looks like. And again, like, how can we all not support that? Right. Everybody. Do you think do you but do you think this? So we talk about how, you know, slimy people get into Washington because they're compromised. And you, you wonder why McCain isn't doing things, McConnell, Jeff Flake, Bob Corker, all these people. And then you see like the, the mid-level guys, they're all involved with payouts and sexual assault, but they don't have to step down because it's not made public. Do you think they're all compromised and will vote a certain way on key issues because they know if they don't vote a certain way, the truth will come out? Yeah, well, yes, absolutely. I think in, in the threat of that is probably held over their head, and I think that that's probably a mechanism that's been used against them and in people in politics for a long time. Well, that you know, in other words, in other words, yeah, you're exactly right. So we talked a few episodes ago about Hugh Hefner using the Playboy Mansion to get compromising pictures of politicians and famous people, so they do and say what the you know what you want them to say. Um, could that be the reason why you know Trump comes in and says, "Screw it, let's rip it all up." Uh, hey, we're going to get leaks out about you know assault, not only in media, not only in Hollywood, but also in D.C. Um, and the swamp creatures that surround it. Uh, I mean, God, during the Obama years, the Bush years, we did have that Page scandal, the Mark Foley Page scandal, towards the end of Bush's second term. We had the Elliot Spitzer thing in, in New York, but that was like that was pretty much it. There wasn't a lot of scandal. Um, you know, Mark Sanford, former governor of South Carolina, I think had an affair. But that's all consensual stuff. Um, whereas, you know, you had all, all the stuff that we see now, you had Bush and you had Obama that didn't do anything about it. Trump comes in, bull in a china shop, chases out the people that are compromised. And then the next question becomes, how do you get people in there that will do pro-America things, whether they're Democrat or Republican. Uh, so it is, it's one way of cleaning the swamp, draining the swamp, rather. Um, but it's very interesting. You know, oh, you're right. Obama had the chance to do it. He has access to that list. Why didn't he do anything about it? Why didn't he do anything about, about Weinstein 
Why do they keep the open secrets of Hollywood? Why? So I, you know, it's a good, it's a good thought process to go through. So, um, but I, I don't know. Is that a Trump thing? Is that just the nature of the beast? Is that the sign of the times? Um, who knows? Who knows? Yeah, interesting. So let's, I think like, uh, you know, let's move on from that and let's get into some other juicy stuff, which, you know, I want to kind of give a visual uh, getting into it, you know, kind of like an org chart, right? Mm -hmm. um, and I think it would be an interesting visual to think of an org chart and uh, starting at the top and then leaking its way down to getting to where we were today, which was that, uh, you know, the judicial hearing. Yeah. Uh, the uh, right in, in Congress. Yep. Right. Yep. And who was there? Set the scene. So today, uh, Rod Rosenstein, who is uh, the assistant DOJ, the deputy DOJ to uh, Jeff Sessions, uh, was under the spotlight today in front of the House Intelligence Committee. Um, and they were asking him questions about everything going on, the FBI dossier, the, you know, the DOJ stuff. I mean, he's DOJ, so he's not going to necessarily answer a ton of FBI questions, but, um, you know, today he was under the hot seat and grilled because there's a lot of stuff going on. I mean, last night there was leaked all of the text or most or some of the texts from, uh, Peter Strozak and, uh, Lisa Page, who we talked about last time where the people having an affair together, uh, and they were both people on the Mueller committee, the investigation. And who is Strozak? Strozak is the super agent, the James Bond guy that started the whole Russia collusion process. He got the document moving. He worked with Fusion GPS to, uh, you know, basically initiate the wiretapping, get the FISA warrant. Uh, he's the same one that interviewed Hillary without any notes. He's the same one that downgraded Hillary's charge to uh, carelessness from negligence. Uh, he's the guy that has basically been in every single checkpoint of this whole ordeal fiasco. He's the one that was let go in August, three months after he was supposed to, you know, we found out three months after he was released in August to step down. Lisa Page stepped down as well. Uh, they've now found, uh, anti-Trump tweets. And, sorry, I'm, I'm yawning here. They found anti-Trump tweets and basically saying, you know, Hillary should win a hundred million to zero. Uh, Trump's a fucking idiot. This guy's uh, out of control. How do we stop this menace? They're going back and forth. This is the guy leading the investigation as main pit bull of Robert Mueller. Is Perfect. this this particular? Let's go back to the top of the org chart because that's down at the bottom. Because yeah. I think that this is what's important in the dots that we can connect, or at least try to attempt to connect. So the top of the org chart is uh, who who uh, when all this was happening was the president of the United States. Obama. Okay, and who's... So he is uh, in charge of the the, uh, the Department of Justice, correct? Uh, he Yeah, he, he's Loretta Lynch's boss. So now they're saying that the Department of Justice was involved with Fusion G GPS, right, which was based in D.C., and they were the ones who conducted the opposition research, which... Uh, then cre uh, created that dossier on candidate Trump. FBI was the one that did this. FBI worked with Fusion. <laughs> right. right. But there, I mean, DOJ and FBI were kind of like brothers in arms. Yep. They are, they are now saying that the DOJ 
had access or contributed to that dossier. They're now saying DOJ as well? The DOJ. Holy who, shit. Who was under Barack Obama. Yep, yep. Okay. And, and FBI is subservient that, to DOJ. That not only the FBI, which we know, but now it's the FBI and the DOJ was involved in the fusing GPS dossier. Mm -hmm. Okay, so that's why I'm trying to connect the chart because if it goes all the way to the top, the top is Obama, and then as you go down the chart, you're talking about the DOJ, the FBI on either side underneath him, right? You have Loretta Lynch, you had Comey running that at that time, right? Yep, yep. Um, and at the time, so Andrew McCabe is also mid-level. Uh, he's Andrew McCabe was the deputy under Comey. And he's the guy that, if you recall, 600000 of donations to a state Senate seat to McCabe's wife running, running as a Democrat. She got that from one of Terry McAuliffe, one of Terry McAuliffe, the governor of Virginia, one of his super PACs. And the money was floated from Clinton donors. Um, so it was taken as, wink, wink, nudge, nudge, Andrew McCabe, do the necessary uh, with Hillary so that she can run unabated with any... DOJ scandal under her belt. Uh, so Andrew McCabe is now in the hot seat. He's going to be going in front. He's the one that canceled today from the testimony. He was That's asked correct. to come. He, he canceled. Um, yes, Andrew, because well, they, they, they have to get their stories straight. So now let's continue the org chart. Obama, DOJ, FBI, underneath that, attached to this, you have the uh, Democratic National Committee, yep. right? the DNC. Yep. Who also contributed money, and then you have the Hillary Clinton Foundation slash Hillary Clinton campaign. Yep. Who we've now found out was essentially because of the money that they were contributing to the DNC, they had essentially taken it over. Yep. Yep. Right. So now, if we're connecting the dots, and you're seeing if if the Clinton Foundation slash campaign has taken over the DNC and they're funneling it money, and the DNC colluding with the FBI and the DOJ are funding this Fusion GPS dossier, where then Strozak is then taking it to a FISA court, and he's getting the, the FISA uh, warrant to wiretap on the now incoming president, well, not or our president, who's now not incoming, but he's our president, but at that point he was just a candidate. Yep. Right? Yep. So, you know, in some ways, this is what is different than Watergate? Let's stop right here. Now, this is bigger. This is bigger than Watergate. Well, it's bigger because of all these different webs that could be tangled in. We're just pointing it out. We're not sure it's true. Yeah. But, you know, what's what's the difference in the high level? Okay, so, I mean, let's connect those dots. So you now have candidate Clinton who's conspiring in using her either, you know, current or former department where she was working through and with in the FBI, the DOJ, in the current president, uh, and they're using all of, you know, within the law, right? That's what's kind of perverse about the whole thing, and this is what's very collusional about it, to go about and wiretap a, a, a potential candidate yep. or a candidate of the United States. Yep. Who then goes on to win and become president. And then you use that information as kind of the obstruction, the beginning obstruction, where the same agent that cleared Hillary Clinton, by the way, if we have to back up and go all the way back here of her email scandal, 
and then flash forward, and he's the one that introduces the uh, the, the the paperwork to get the FISA warrant, right? right to, to tap uh, the the candidate Trump. What's his name? Peter Strozak. Peter Strozak. Yep. Same guy. Same super agent. Same super agent. Yep. And he also somehow, right, flash forward now, somehow ended up on Mueller's investigative team into Trump, isn't he? Yep. Exactly. Wow. Amazing Very how that works, right? What does that tell you? It tells you you're using the same characters, and why do you do that? I've watched enough movies to say you do that when you're trying to cover up something. Right. Right. And um, what it, what just broke about the number three person in the FBI? Uh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. The DOJ. Bruce Orr, the uh, the Asian dude whose wife. And this is Bruce Orr is the guy that just broke. I think the other day. He's the dude that works a couple doors down from uh, Rosenstein, and he turns out his wife is one of ten employees at Fusion GPS. Uh, and guess what she was caught doing? Uh, she was caught purchasing a ham radio. Uh, and, you know, what did she do with it? She got a ham radio license at the age of 60 in May 2016, uh, one month after the Clinton found the, the Clinton campaign contracted with Fusion uh, and the FBI uh, and, and, and Christopher Steele, the guy that wrote the dossier. And she was able to get a ham radio license. Uh, what you know? What was ha- what was being requested at around the same time? This ham radio device uh, was being uh, requested. The FISA warrant. Right. But what what is outside of FISA warrant surveillance? The ham radio. Ham radio is not covered by FISA warrants. So what this woman was doing, and this is just how it's going to play out, I think. We've been pretty much on point 90% so far. Uh, remember we said two months ago, they're doing this whole dossier to get a wiretapping warrant so that they can spy at their, at their leisure. And I'm going to get to a point called the quote-unquote insurance policy in a second. That's the other scandalous email that came out. But this woman, Bruce Orr's wife, uh, Nellie, uh, whatever the hell her name is, she's the one that got the ham radio to wire back and forth, inform- not wire, to send back and forth information without being surveilled. Um, and, you know, again, what are the chances of a woman her age, within a month of this whole thing starting, randomly getting a ham radio license? And she's one of, like, Fusion GPS is like a 10 to 15 person operation. When you hear, oh, so-and-so's wife worked for such and such, that's a conflict. And you find out that the job they worked at had about 50,000 employees. Then it's kind of like, okay, that's kind of a stretch. You know, it's like saying, oh, so-and-so's wife worked for CVS. Well, there's hundreds of thousands of CVS employees. That's not collusion. That's not coincidence. That's like coincidence. If you're at a company of like 10 to 15 people and your husband is number three at the DOJ and there's this other scheme being cooked up and you just randomly get a ham radio license to give information without being surveilled or being wiretapped or surveillance for warrants. That's very fishy. Um, but it doesn't stop there. Um, what we found out in Peter Strozak's email, the worst one so far was, uh, and I'm going to, I'm going to look this up right now because I want to get this right. Um, insurance policy. 
policy, Peter Strozak. One of his emails actually talked about, oh, there's no way Trump's going to win, but we need to have an insurance policy. So, uh, you know, I it's very, uh, and I, here, here we go, here we go, here we go. I have the thing. Peter Strozak to Lisa Page. I want to believe the path you threw out for consideration in Andy McCabe's office, but there's no way he gets elected. But I'm afraid we can't take that risk. Think of this as an insurance policy in the unlikely event you die before you're 40. Uh, what does that mean? Well, it means a scheme was cooked up in Andrew McCabe's office as an insurance policy just in case Trump got in. Mind you, at mainstream media, everything, the establishment, the swamp creatures, it was a 98% chance that Hillary was going to win. Why would they care about Trump, what happens during the campaign and after? He's not going to win. There's no way in hell he's going to win, right? Um, then he wins. And the, everyone in the media and everyone in government freaked out because now they had to cover their tracks. They didn't have to worry about covering their tracks before the election because in their minds, there was no way in hell he was going to win. Um, and you see that in the thought process of some of the emails that have been released. Well, what, what happens at the time, at least give them credit for being slimy and sneaky enough to think ahead of time. FBI, through McCabe, this was all happening below Comey. I think Comey just went along with it. So of the bunch, Comey's kind of like the cleanest, dirty shirt. Um... But McCabe was the one. He was the Democrat lifer. His wife received money. He had a job to do. Um, and I think McCabe, Strosak, Page, they all hatched the scheme to say, look, let's get this dossier in the hands of the FBI. Let's have it fast-tracked so it gets FISA warrant surveillance so that we can wiretap the Trump Tower and all of his associates, all of his satellites, um, and if on the off chance Trump wins, we'll play this Russia angle. So here we are, right? We know from the book Shattered that Hillary's campaign dreamt up the Russia stuff within 24 hours of her losing, um, and they've pushed it ever since. And they've gotten some lucky, you know, connections where someone will interact with someone from Russia. They can't connect any dots. That's the other thing. There's no dot connecting here with the Trump stuff. It's all circumstantial anecdotal where... You know, Ambassador Kislyak bumps into sessions during a buffet and they shake hands and meet briefly for two minutes in line for food. And that's counted as a secret meeting that's not disclosed. Um, CNN recently walked back one of the stories that caused Sessions to actually recuse himself where they said he didn't disclose certain meetings, but it turns out FBI told him, you don't have to disclose the meeting with Kislyak because it was in an open session Everyone was mingling and milling about. That's not technically a secret meeting. Um, you don't have to disclose certain phone calls that were part of the meet and greet or introductory of the, the new job that you're taking on. It's normal transition stuff. Um, but you know, Sessions went ahead and did it anyway. Um, and that's what the scheme was. And that is exactly what you and I talked about two months ago, Steve. Like, we're so ahead of the curve with this. Why people are challenging and saying... Russia collusion is really true. They got Mike Flynn. They got Manafort. They got uh, Richard Gates. They got 
Papadopoulos, whatever his name is. Um, there's no dots to connect. Not, not one vote was changed because of this. Not one vote was changed because of what you're accusing. Um, and it's falling apart, and each week more and more falls apart. Uh, so that's kind of where we stand with the FBI, DOJ, Fusion, GPS. It's all going to come apart. And with each week, more and more of the Mueller stuff's going to come out, where we find out he was running an investigation that was hyper-partisan. And I talked about in the, uh, the committee hearing today, you know, if typically the FBI directors are Republicans. Typically the DOJ AGs are Democrats. In an administration, um, usually whoever is the White House is a Republican or Democrat, he's going to have that person, that party, be the DOJ. Um, right. But from an FBI perspective, Mueller, Comey, they're all establishment Republicans. Christopher Ray, Comey's replacement, establishment Republican. These guys have the potential to be swamp creatures. Moeller was compromised. Comey was compromised. But what they do is they pick these middle-of-the-road guys that tilt right so that they can say, oh, he's a Republican, he's running a fair investigation, blah, blah, blah. And then that they're gives... They're swamp creatures. They're all swamp creatures. And what it does is it allows the, the left, as they did today, to come out and say, well, okay, if you're saying at the top it's okay, it's not a conflict of interest to have a Republican investigating a Democrat or vice versa. Uh, you can also be fine if the investigative committee has a lot of Democrats right. on it. And you know, it turns out that 80% of the committee are all Democrats that have Clinton donations. Um, and you know, even if you saw past that, okay, but now we're finding out in salacious emails that not only is it a, you know, a biased take, it's also hyper-partisan because they despise Trump. And the way the text messages have been going is that they're the saviors to stop Trump. And they have to stop it at all costs. And they need to have an insurance policy so that this never happens. It's, that, yeah, it's very like Jason Bourne-esque, like in our own government, which is right. super creepy. Exactly. So that's the part that scares me. It's not, you can, yeah, okay, we can get past oh, so-and-so gave $200 to the Clintons in 92 and 96, 2008, 2016. Fine. I guess I can see past that. Um, but when we start to see some of the emails coming out, and it's also, there's other people. Uh, Jeannie Ree is one of the people that was a, uh, she supported some Clinton donors. She's been a Clinton donor. She's given the maximum donation to Clinton. Um, Andrew Weinstein is another person on the staff. He's one of the pit bulls. He was at the uh, electric, election night party at the Javits Center for Hillary Clinton. So not only is he a donor, not only was he a supporter, the guy was waiting at Javits Center for the celebration party. That's how hyperpartisan he was. So, you know, the people... He, it, he felt that emotion, that letdown that night. Yes. Everyone was wailing. He was there doing the mannequin challenge at the Javits Center. So, so, you know, so I see what you mean, and I see what they're saying. Like, okay, if you have no problem with the top being Republican, you'll have no problem with the bottom investigators being Democrat. But what's, what's happening here is the people collecting the evidence and everything are doing it from a hyperpartisan perspective. The way these swamp creatures work at the top of each organization, they're ready to accept whatever the findings are. So if wink, wink, nudge, nudge, the findings are cooked – and they say, oh, I accept these findings. That way the, the top-level FBI person can't, doesn't have to play partisan games. They'll just say, oh, I'll accept whatever they say. That's why when Comey was going to give his recommendation to Loretta Lynch, a Republican giving a Democrat a recommendation, 
Loretta Lynch kind of played the coward's way out and said, oh, I'll accept whatever he gives me. In other words, he made the decision. I'm not looking partisan. It's almost like they passed the baton of accountability and they just kind of knock it, knock it down and, and it doesn't go anywhere. So that's kind of where we are. Um, it's well, let's, gonna, talk about, let's talk about what happened last night. Well, okay, so that's kind of where we have the FBI DOJ. Last night was an epic upset where Roy Moore and all of his skeletons lost. And Roy Moore, Ross? Roy Moore was the uh, polarizing Senate candidate, former judge in Alabama that pushed for the Ten Commandments in the public square. Uh, he's the one that was a failed gov gubernatorial bid twice. Um, and he was recently they in trouble. a special election in Alabama last night because why? Because Jeff Sessions is the vacating party who's now the a the AG. Um, so this was to replace Jeff Sessions and just till 2018 when they can have a re-election and do a real one. Right, exactly. Right. So that was the big upset last night. Um, you know, I, I followed it online. New York Times, to their credit, has a really good poll indicator. It has like a trap, not a traffic light. It's got a speedometer type thing of where they think it's going to go based on remaining votes and outstanding counties and blah, blah, blah. It's a fun thing to read. wasn't as comical as it was on election night, watching it go from 90% Hillary to 95 and up for Donald Trump. Uh, but but it was funny nonetheless. So um, last night was a big upset. Doug Jones won. Roy Moore was in the lead until about 85% of the precincts were in. He had about a five, six-point lead. And then it all swept to... Jones, I believe, because the city ballots are counted later, um, so that explains the shift. Uh, but it was a, it was weird. The, the Peter shift. The say again. The Peter shift. Not the Peter. Not the Peter shift. Not the Adam shift. Um, so, so what? But, but the one thing that was peculiar, and again, it could have been the fact that the the allegations on Moore were just so damning, and he didn't do a good enough job to get in front of them, uh, that people just stayed home. There was 22,000 people that did write-ins. The, the, the margin was 21,000. So you can easily say the write-ins kind of swayed the vote. Um, but I noticed that the Democrat votes were the same in this election as they were in the general election. And the Republican votes were half that of the general election. Now, no shit Sherlock, there's less interest in a Senate election than there is a general presidential election. No shit Sherlock. But I did notice that the amount of Democrats in, in Alabama that voted uh, for the Democrat candidate were the same as were voted for Hillary. Um, so you had about 700K for Hillary, 700K for uh, Jones, and um, Moore, had, Moore had half the amount. Trump got 1.2 million, and I think Moore got 700K. In this election. So, in other words, the, the amount of Republicans stayed home, 50% of the Republicans stayed home. It's uh, because of election fraud. So that, that was the next point. So I'm not quite there yet, but you gave a theory. I wanted to hear. Do you, I think it's just more ran a shitty campaign and didn't do a good job, even though the yearbook thing was all faked. The other accusers, he did not do a good enough job of, of explaining. Um, so I think it's just him. But your thing is on. Your thing is the more the fraud angle. So you have the floor. Well, there's an actual ad that they put out. I mean, I'm paraphrasing, but essentially the ad says this: 
if you vote Roy Moore, you're voting for a pedophile. That's public record. Your neighbors will know who you are. I go ahead and dare you to go vote. Yep. Thank you. Yep. Hmm. Ross, why don't why don't victims of sexual assault come forward the next day after it happens? As we're now seeing across the country in all the sectors, why are people coming out 10, 20, 30, 40 years later? Because they feel safe? They feel safer because there's a movement where why didn't they come out the day after? Right. I don't right. know. Right. Oh, so wait a minute. So you're running a campaign, and you've already convicted this guy, Roy Moore, which I think he's a scumbag, but you know the fact that you're convicting him and you're running a campaign across the media and spending millions to show it in front of these people saying, you vote for this guy, we're going to show who you are. Yep. That's called doxing. Like oh, I, I know. I know exactly. Yes, that ad, that ad you're right. fired for that. I have a friend, like, they've been, all those people, those white guys that show up in Charlottesville, they've been fired across the country after yep. they've been doxing those people and uncovering them. So essentially, they're bold enough to now run that advertisement across Alabama, and they're wondering why people didn't show up. Right. I'm not. Right. Now, I mean, if people, you know, like, again, the punch, it's okay to punch a fascist crowd, you know, the liberal fascist, they're okay with that suppressing the vote because it's for their thing so it's justified morally right yep yes right well okay all right that's how they want to roll but that's setting a dangerous precedent people it is very dangerous because you should be able to vote in the safety of the own booth without having to worry about consequences that's part of fucking voting in america holy shit it's part of like the holy sanctimonious like tenements is that is totally private a hundred percent and absolute right i mean technically you can go right in hitler if you wanted to i'm not suggesting people do that but that's how private voting is well, not, that, not what that was said not that. Not with what that ad was saying. You're not right. What that million dollar Democratic ad campaign was saying. We're going to tell people who you are. Right. Right. So th I think I think a lot of folks were spooked. Um, but Absolutely. I just stay home. So they were spooked to stay home. Fair. Um, a great tactic, right? So you scare people. You you, know, you you put the seed of doubt in that he may be a child molester, and then you tell people if you actually try to do it privately, we'll call you out. Yep. That'll explain why people stay home. That'll explain it. But also the whole, you had people wake up. It's a very Christian Bible Belt state. People then took a, a, a play and said, okay, am I going to vote for a guy? So what if this is true? He's had four accusers. What if at least one of them's true? That makes him a bad man. Uh, I'm not going to vote for that. Blah, blah, blah. Okay, I'll just stay home. I'll vote for Jones out of fear. I'll vote for my father-in-law, who's a Navy veteran. You know, that kind of excuse, that mindset, that I'll do a symbolic vote. And before you know it, Moore's support goes down by 50%. So that's, I mean, I think that's what, I'm not going the conspiracy angle. I'm not going the voter fraud angle, but I can totally understand if, P, I mean, we're seeing stuff about certain voters being trucked in from Mississippi I'm straight up going voter fraud angle because what I just described to you is straight up voter fraud. Yep. Yep. Well, what if, what about, so I heard another theory 
and I'll, I'll, I'll do devil's advocate for a theory that I heard. What if Trump, so Trump never really fully endorsed Roy Moore, right? He was kind of tap dancing the way Paul Ryan tap dances with Trump. Um, he was a he was a Luther Strange guy. Um, yeah, Luther Strange was establishment, but whatever. Roy Moore, you know, honestly, thinking back, he would have been another Republican in the Senate, but he, there was nothing on his platform that, other than just being a Christian, that I was like, this guy's the man, we need him, he's going to be a game shaker. Like, he, there was nothing in his platform that made me want to get out of my seat and jump in the air. Um, what's that? Romo? Roy Moore? Yeah, Romo. Um, but so, so do you think that Trump knew all of this, was tepid in his support, wanted the seat but didn't care for the candidate, knew he was going to probably lose, maybe he had more information on the accusers than the public had, and he was kind of hedging his bets. Do you think, also back in May, Jeff Sessions with Glee opened up a, an election fraud investigation. And it's been rumored for the past 40 years that Alabama has been rife with election fraud. And Jeff Sessions was the governor, uh, the senator there since I think the early 90s. Um, do you think they allowed that seat to go and flip, but they did super monitoring of the voting booths, the machines, to make sure that it was a clean election? So in other words, do you think they're going to catch Soros stuffing the ballots or electronic programming. Fractal programming, they call it, where they each vote is counted with a fraction. Those fractions are dropped uh, so that one candidate gets less votes than were actually cast. Um, I'm not sure. Like That's more perverse than I'm willing to go. Like I'm just very... You know, as you know, like I like to see what I can with my eyes. So that video that I'm watching and hearing with my own eyes and ears, you know, that freaks me out. Uh, this kind of back rooms George Soros conspiracy thing. Like I'm not sure. Yep, and, and that's and that's okay. That's the kind of the way we want to show this. Like I don't want to be so extreme tinfoil that I believe everything I read on Twitter, everything I read on Drudge Report, everything I read. On Breitbart, Infowars, Zero Hedge, 4chan when I go on there. I want to be a guy that just goes where the information leads me. Um, and if it leads me to a dead end, I abandon it, right? Um, that's why I'm not into chemtrails. I'm not into, you know, crisis actors. You know, I'm not into a lot of stuff that the average person would just jump in two feet. I'm kind of like, eh, let's learn from past mistakes, uh, much with the Roy Moore thing, I just think it's a crappy candidate, a guy that was so partisan, and not, not so divisive and polarizing. He was just doomed from the start because he's a 1990s conservative. Those types don't really register anymore. It's like Rick Santorum on steroids. And, and even for me, who's a very conservative Catholic, um, even Roy Moore was kind of like, ooh, why did you say that? That's like a Pat Robertson, Jerry Falwell remark. Whenever something bad happens... And you start saying that's God punishing us, or you say something obnoxious about the gays that's very hateful. You're going to turn off a lot of conservative Christians that just don't play that way. Um, so, 
That was kind of Roy Moore's problem. Will we find out that there could have been voter fraud? Maybe. Probably. Uh, but there's always voter fraud. We knew that going in. Um, but if they can it's document... Exactly. Exactly. Republicans may have gotten a president out of it in, in, in 2000. So, you know, call a spade a spade here. Um, so, so that's kind of the take. That's the hot take. Um... You know, with the 50-minute mark, i got to get the kids to bed. Why don't we call this a night? And as far as what happens next part of the show, um, look for the FBI DOJ stuff to, to really unfold. Uh, that's why I wanted to guess. And that's why I wanted to lay out that org chart. Because yep. we're moving our way up uh, from all of these characters to get at uh, all the way up the org chart into eventually Obama, I think. Yep. And, and you know, it's funny. The left has no freaking clue where this is going. They're so tone deaf. They're so echo chambered. They have no, their, their Trump derangement syndrome is clouding their judgment. They think it's all fine. Everything's wonderful. Uh, oh, it's all just coincidence and circumstantial. Uh, you know, no, this the FBI coordinating with DOJ, and you know, it, it turns out that you got to follow the wives here. So, if you look closely, we've already talked about Andrew McCabe's wife, uh, the the state senate candidate who got six hundred thousand of of super PAC money for a state senate race where they usually average like tens of thousands of donations. Um, you have Rob Rosenstein's wife, the assistant DOJ, who represented. Bill Clinton in the late 90s took a couple cases for him. Um, you also have Bruce Orr's wife, Nellie, who, the ham radio lady who, oh, by the way, happened to work at a 10-person consulting firm called Fusion GPS, which is now under the spotlight. Um, who else is in there? I mean, there, there's, it's countless stuff, and you've got to follow the wives here because they're the ones that are doing a lot of the stuff off the books. So just something to keep in mind. This will all roll up, and it's going to inflame and engulf Hillary Clinton. Um, that's kind of like the, the big one. Uh, Obama, I think Trump has this code where he doesn't want to go after former presidents. Oh, no, the gloves are off. It's, the gloves are off, I think. You think so? Oh, Obama's sitting there trolling him before and after where he's traveling around to international places, kind of covering his tracks and promising different things about, it's over, it's the gloves are off, it's a full-out war. Yep, interesting, interesting. So, because I saw, um, we've talked about this anonymous, this, this NSA uh, Q-level clearance anonymous person that's posting, uh, and he ends up being right, he predicted the false flag attack in New York. Uh, he, he speaks in code, so he put the Bangladesh currency, um, you know, uh, what is it, BDT or BGT, whatever, um, and then said, look for a false flag. The next day, 9 o'clock in the morning, uh, a Bangladeshi did a false flag attack in New York. And what they did was, he said, look for fireworks, false flag, uh, you know, BGT, BDT, whatever. Think currency. Uh, and it turns out, they had CIA slash FBI had a patsy lined up, a Muslim jihadi, um, and what they did was they switched the bomb with a firework at the last second. So the guy basically blew his dick off, blew his wow. junk off. So this guy, this NSA guy, gave us real time, not only a prediction of a false flag, not only the prediction of the nature of the false flag, um, but also the national origin of the person doing the false flag. 
That, to me, is a tell that, A, this person has NSA knowledge. NSA sees everything. They see every text you and I exchange, Steve. They see everything. Um, and they, I believe, are trying to catch the government in strange illegal behavior so that they can start to drain the FBI, DOJ, CIA swamp. Um, and I think what they're going to do is expose that FBI, CIA was the ones that gave this guy the, the weaponry um, to do an attack. Because each time there's an attack like this, FBI, CIA... They all get more funding. They they keep their reason to exist uh, gets gets greater. So that's what he's trying to expose. I think calling it a tape of four. He also said follow the wives on December fourth. Follow the wives of all these people in the FBI DOJ because it's all going to connect back. Um, and finally, the final note was that uh, according to this person, Hillary Clinton uh, was you know offered a deal and was rejected by the Trump administration. So they're investigating her. They're investigating her. Uh, I've said it before. Sessions is play acting. Sessions is going to be one of the MVPs of this operation. Um, and I think I'm going to stick by that. Yeah. I think I think he wanted this job for 30 years, um, and he got it, and he's not going to fuck it up. So, I hope so, bro. I do too. I do too. He's going to be. I think he will be – if everything goes down the way I think this person's setting it up to be, this NSA person, um, there will be a Mount Rushmore of heroes. And I think that Mount Rushmore will consist of Trump, Sessions, Christopher Ray of the FBI, um, and you know whoever else jumps into the fight. Maybe Sean Hannity, but um, – it's going gonna, it's gonna to be very interesting. And, and slowly, we're very slowly seeing justice served. Very slowly. But, but we were right, Steve, two months ago before any of this NSA anonymous stuff happened. We could just follow the, the breadcrumbs. We could follow the trail. It doesn't mean we're smarter. It just means we're more awake and hip to what's happening. So, so kudos to both of us, right? So I also want to point out that this is stuff that we've talked about in the past. Uh, Bitcoin uh, has just passed, uh, the, has become now the biggest bubble to ever exist in the history of the United States. So yep. there's that. It passed the tulip bubble. Yep. It is now the biggest bubble. Yep. So I just want to go on record uh, with that, and that's interesting. I know. So that hit 17.5 yesterday. Yeah, people are mortgaging their houses to get into it, oh, even though God. it's still pegged. It's even though it's still pegged to nothing, and you can't walk into McDonald's and buy a cheeseburger with it. Right, right, right. And and, and you know, to your point that we keep talking about, this is all you. Uh, it's it's being proven correct, I think, and will be in the next couple of months. Why the bubble? Why the big bubble? When they said, "Oh, that'll never hit ten thousand. You're crazy." Well, are, isn't dirty money going in there? Uh, uh tons of dirty money, Saudi money. Um, <laughs> I've now heard, so this is a big thing. Uh, you ready for this? Yeah. So uh, the Japanese retail investors, a.k.a. the ultra-rich, yep. are pouring their money into it. Why do you think? Uh, because they're cracking down on, on money laundering? No. No? Okay. The Japanese are pouring their money into it because they're worried about an impending nuclear disaster on their peninsula. Ooh. 
right? Yep. Interesting. Yes. Yes, and they're worried about the blow, the blowback, right? Kind of like you know, if if and when that launches on the Korean Peninsula, and, and we get the benefit of it, unfortunately. So let's dump our money, retail investors. Where are you going to put it, right? Let's put it into Bitcoin. It's surging, and when we need to go, we're rich. We're going, and we have our money. We can go wherever we. Wherever we need to go in the world and land, family, friends, relatives, and that's our contingency plan. So that is being a big thing and why you're seeing that surge on top of the Saudi thing, which, you know, did it before. Um, yeah. You know, there's, a, there's another element that I want to add into. So this is actually quite brilliant that I want to add into here. As we've said, do we have time to get into this? We do, yeah. As we said, and we've gone on record saying, the cryptocurrency is not the long-term value in this play. We, I consider the cryptocurrency the MySpace of this play, right? Yes. It's, it's probably the Bitcoin and Litecoin and Ethereum. Probably, yep, yep. The, these these fiat, ultra fiat currencies. They're probably when you look back on this twenty years, thirty years from now, they may not exist. But what stays is the blockchain. Yep. Yep. Right. And what what's happening right now, and I think we've talked about this in a previous podcast, is you have a lot of really, really high level, important central banks, local banks, financial institutions who are sitting on the sidelines and they're watching. Yep. And think of it like this, right? Step out. and You're now looking down from way high level, 10,000 feet. And you're these people. And so instead of making a play for it and trying to develop your own, which I don't know if you work for a big corporation, Ross, like that doesn't usually work out in big corporations with their big fucking cumbersome ways, try to develop an agile project. Like right. it doesn't usually work. So right. a very interesting strategy, again, going back up and looking back down is, Let's prop this up with our money. It's the hedge, right? Let's hedge and let's prop this up with big money that we can afford to put in looking at his research and development to have all of these kind of crazy, super smart technology people work their way through the bugs and, you know, the technology aspect of it, almost like a research and development We'll keep it propped up, which keeps the excitement and fuels that money and the people and the smart minds doing it. And then once that research and development is to the point where we can then implement it and, and we see it's at a point at critical mass, we can do a couple things. Yep. We can now take that technology and we can just shut that shit down and we can take it. Yep. That's happened before. It's implemented in history. We can take that. We can use that in our blockchain technologies. And then the most important thing, the globalists have been fighting for getting people over to the chip. Yep. Right? Yep. Being, being embedded with the chip. And what comes with the chip is digital currency so you can track everything for taxes, for, for purchases, right? Like there is no more freedom like that. Right. There is you are controlled big brother by your government when it comes to finances forever yep yep right that's true 
That's very so true. You, you have a research and development play. You have a, a getting this thing fueled to the point in a frenzy where then we pull the we pull the pin, we shut it down, we take the technology, we implement it ourselves. We then throw out our currency because at the same time they've got all those people excited about digital currency and getting away from cash. Yep. Gold. Right in yep. those forms, and that's what they want to get us over to. So it's actually kind of a crazy, brilliant plan. It is. It's almost like government's trying to become rent seeker, where they try to elbow their way to the table. They'll leverage the the the, the technology of the entrepreneur, right? Um, the, the the blockchain technology originated in Japan, I think. I forget the guy's Shitoshi. Hakanomi. Yeah, that's all like they yeah. think so, but that may be some CIA crazy. Yeah, it, it probably and it probably is honestly. But once government gets their grubby fingers on it, then you know it's like when Disney was eyeballing Star Wars all these years, they couldn't do it themselves, but they had to find the right time to get in there. They finally get it from George Lucas, and now they make all these new movies. Much the same, government's looking to get its hands on crypto and blockchain technology. And they think they're going to do it better. Again, they do not have the resources of the wherewithal or the manpower or the brain power to develop it, right? So, right. like, they just kind of let it go. Yep. And that's the plan. Just let it go organically and let it happen with the best people. Right. So that's a very interesting play. Um, that And yeah, that's why I'm, you know, reticent uh, or reluctant, rather, to get into Bitcoin. Not that I have disposable income to throw around, but... In general, I love a I love something where I can pick it up before it becomes a bubble, but it's already there. It could very well go to a hundred thousand. I'm not saying it won't, but uh, right now, what's that? Where's gold right now? Oh, geez, is it at? I haven't looked in a while. I think it's close to about twelve hundred and fifty dollars a share. Okay, okay, so it's been like you levitating. Want about, you want to talk about the real returns and what the long term Bitcoin real play is? What gold? And you, and you know that, and I know that, because it's an inflation hedge, yep. right? So as we, or my prediction, my prediction is Bitcoin, these cryptocurrencies, which are pegged to nothing, they're the greatest fiat currencies in the world. You literally, it's, it's what it is, it's, a, it's, it's the biggest Ponzi scheme we've ever seen. It's going to be the greatest transformation of wealth from one group to another. Yep. That's essentially what we're looking at right now, right? Yep. I, it's another, it's a beanie baby craze. Yep. It's a beanie baby. Except for, you know what, the beanie babies actually have sentimental value because people can hold on to them and they can pull them out and actually get a human emotion out of it. What the fuck do you get out of a Bitcoin? They're, they're, it's code. It's computer code. It's nothing. And, oh, and by the way, for all of the, if, if you don't know this, right, this is a really important thing for all the environmentalists, right, who yep. are buying into Bitcoin, if you know any. Uh, Bitcoin, if in, they think and they want it to hit $100,000 of Bitcoin, at that point, if it ever reaches that point, half of the world, think of this again, and I'll say this and repeat it a couple times, half of the world's energy that we produce will be then dedicated to Bitcoin and mining Bitcoins. Why is energy needed to mine bitcoins? Because that's the formula. That's the formula that whoever the the uh, the person that created this thing, that's what it was all about. And then they set upon a schedule going into like twenty forty one that there's only like twenty one million bitcoins that could be created. Yep. But 
then there's all kinds of ways it's going to be split. And it's it's very it's very interesting. Interesting. But it's a total energy play. It really is. A, it's an energy play. So people currently are like they were at the beginning. They were using their computers. But as this becomes more intensive and more valuable, and more people are doing it, just think of anything. It's a it's a bigger energy, more consumption. Yep. Interesting. So it's just not. And the point of that is not sustainable. Not sustainable. No, absolutely not. And then we got to be better at watching bubbles. I mean, we talk about the stock market being in a bubble. Bond market was in a bubble. Um, corporate uh, corporate debt was in a bubble. Uh, the you know government government borrowings in a bubble. Everything's in a bubble, and Bitcoin is no different. Uh, the only thing that's and hold on, let me go, let me go back to the gold thing, right? And this is why I think it's a good time to invest in gold because listen, I'm not saying that it's just like anything. There's always time and place and in bitcoin right now there's 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 it's the speculation time so the speculation time it could go on for another two or three years yep or it could go on for another six days yep. you know that's the whole thing and i'm willing to admit that but in that speculation time there's a lot of money to be made there's a lot of money to be made because of the fluctuations right, right. because of the volatility so if you know what you're doing and you're a trader there's a lot of money to be made, right? But you know, long term, and then the fear of buying into that is very scary because the whole point of it, when they pull the pin and everything goes, and we owe twenty four trillion, and what happened to Germany after you know the First World War, where they printed so much money, and literally the the money you made during that day, you were going, you couldn't spend it fast enough to buy a loaf of bread. That's the hyperinflation that we're worried about coming to this country. That's what Trump and MAGA is every day, trying to get more jobs here so we can get more taxpayers. It's a fucking very basic equation. Yep. More jobs, more companies, more taxpayers. That's what that whole tax plan was. Right. 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 Is is to is to is to bring and cut the corporate tax level so we can bring a lot of that manufacturing that then left with NAFTA and Bill Clinton and George Bush and Barack Obama and bring those companies back here and put these people back to work and middle class and taxpayers, taxpayers. Right. You want more right? taxpayers? We owe 20 exactly. Twenty trillion. We owe twenty trillion. You're I, like, listen. I worry about like. Senator Moore and in right we've, 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 uh, we worry about all of like these horrible people and they're molesting yeah 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 great that doesn't matter if we don't have this great experiment of a country called the United States anymore yep yep if that goes away when we default at 24 trillion and where are we at right now Ross 20.5. Trillion? 20.5. If my math is correct, and I've never been really good at math, that's awfully close to 24. Yep. And why 24? Was that like a magic number or? No, 24 is what we make in this country. We make $24 trillion in this country. It's, you know because you're an accountant. It's very fucking basic. That's what we make. That's our GDP, right? That's what we make, and that's what our, our, our what we owe. And then obviously we don't get into the unfunded liabilities because that's just another problem. Yep. Yep. It's and it's just a tens of trillions, so it's it's ugly across the board, and, right. and and you understand like that's why, and as you see, is like you're the accountant, and you can see that, and you go, well, how do you bankrupt a country, or how do you bankrupt a company? Well, how about you push them past what they're, you push them past the number of what they owe from what they're making. Yep. 
Yeah. It's that simple. It's really yep. not that hard. Right. And no. that's what people have been doing. Let's pile on the debt. Pile, 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 pile. But, you know, either through wars or, you know, with the Bushes or, you know, listen, here's what it is. Either through NAFTA, which is just giving away our wealth. The yep. manufacturing, the factories, the jobs, the middle class, gone. Bushes, the wars, the oil, right? The trillions of dollars that we spent and got nothing back from, right? Yep. Gone. Or Obama doubling the, tri- the, the the debt from ten to twenty trillion from Bush bringing it up to ten with the wars with what? Fuck do we have? We have race wars. We have people hating each other. They hate the cops. Like, what do we have? We got nothing. The return on investment's been bad. Right. What hope and dreams do we have? We have a destabilized Middle East, way worse. And even Bush had it. Yep. Exactly. Exactly. Fuck. So, right? yeah, so then you get a, a candidate that's, you know, rough around the edges, personal life, not admirable as far as the way he conducts himself. Um, but he's doing some shit that's going to help. Ross, Ross yep. we talking about this too. You know what he has that those, those, uh, those, those euros don't have over there in their great experiment called, uh, what, the Eurozone? Yep. What are they doing over there? What, what are they doing over there? They're doing the European Union, the EU, that great experiment. They've all been a loose conglomerate of countries, their yep. own. Yep, yep, Sovereign, right, until they did the EU, the globalist takeover. How did that, how's that working out for them? Didn't work out so well. They're being overrun with immigrants, not immigrants, <laughs> refugees right, right now. Right, exactly. It's a fucking disaster, right? Yep, yep. It's a disaster for the European countries. Okay, right, now we've talked about, okay, so we agree on that. Now we've talked about this before. How many of those leaders over in those European Union countries have kids or grandkids? Not many. Not many, right. Our buddy Donald Trump, beautiful kids whose kids have kids and kids. So yep, like, yep. <laughs> they're, keeping you know? it, they're keeping it going, and I don't feel bad for the Europeans. He's not, hey, listen, he's, he's not. Which, who's, who's Adolf Hitler Jr.? He don't exist. Oh, he doesn't exist. So he didn't have any kids, at least that we know on record. So right. another kind of weird, you know, yep. parallel between the leaders over there now. You want to make a parallel? Yep. And a leader from uh, from the not too distant past. Yep. Yep. That's fair. That's fair. That's fair. Yeah, so, so you know, hey, I'll, I'll put you know the, the point being is you know I'll put my faith into leaders just based off hey, do they have family, kids, and grandkids that they worry about? Right. Right, he's got like ten grandkids. Trump does. In, in, <laughs> does you think he wants to leave them in a shitty position? I don't think no, so. And from all spectrums, right? Jewish, Catholic, all kinds of. He's got groups. exactly, exactly. So, uh, good food for thought, Cal. We could do an episode on that alone. So, um, but we're we're at, we're at the ninety, uh, not the ninety minute mark. We're at the, about the seventy minute mark. Why don't we break? Um, and then we can convene this weekend before the Pats game and maybe tape a Sunday afternoon show or something like that. Fantastic. But I will get this out on Thursday and we'll... Uh, that's we'll, tomorrow. Yep, that's tomorrow. And we'll get this out and have some momentum going into the weekend where all the big shit breaks on the weekends. So. Okay, fancy. All right, I will call you later in the week, but I will release this tomorrow. Okay. See ya. Bye. Bye-bye.